The last few episodes have been for our National League predictions. Uh, we'll now move to the American League, where my team, the Baltimore Orioles, don't stand a fighting chance. Bellinger hammers the ball! It's Bellinger's turn! This is the Briggs Baseball Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is Aiden Briggs from Briggs Baseball Podca- Podcast, back with another episode. Uh, we're going to move to the American League now. The National League predictions have finished. Um, you know, I broke that into two episodes, kind of, with no notice. So, uh, I'm going to do the same thing here where I just will make this two episodes. I want to make it, you know, the original episode that I made was about an hour long, so I wanted to make it two shorter episodes for you guys, because uh, I thought that'd be easier, you know, to be able to sit down. You can listen to them both if you want, or you can listen to them separate. So we're going to do the same thing with this one. We're going to break it into two episodes, um, having the teams that do not make the postseason in the first one, and then I'll recap the seeding and postseason teams. Um in the second part of this episode. Thanks for checking out the National League predictions. Uh, once again, you can DM me on Instagram, you know, breaks, uh, at breaks underscore baseball underscore podcast. Um, and you can let me know what you thought of them. Um, we're going to do this episode here and then do our postseason predictions. Um, pretty, We're going to do that a day after. We'll do that this week. I'll, I'll let you guys know on that Instagram at Briggs underscore baseball underscore podcast when we're going to do that. By the way, today is Tuesday, July, or Monday, July 20th. In three days, on Thursday, July 23rd, there will be two Major League Baseball regular season games. Let's go. We're so close to the season. Um, I'm excited to get into these predictions and for the American League, and then we'll do postseason. So. You'll have my thoughts on how the season will go, and hopefully it will go right according to my predictions. But uh, we'll see. Probably not. Uh, Real quick, I do want to update you guys on the COVID cases and opt-out list. There is a very few names on this as the numbers continue to be great for Major League Baseball. Uh, No new news, really, to talk about. We're going to talk about a piece of news in a minute. With Major League Baseball, there is a trade that I talked about last time in the podcast. Uh, Nothing new here. But for opt-outs-wise, there was no more uh, notable players that opted out. I actually don't think there's any players that opted out uh, since my last episode. So that's a good thing. Um, You know, assuming all players that are still in camps will be ready for opening day. Um, We will, I mean, you can continue to opt out throughout the season. I think that's a rule that's in place. You can opt out any time in the season. But uh, as of right now, we're looking good with all the players that are in camp. Um, for opening day. New cases of Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Luis Perdomo, uh, who pitched with the Padres for a while, has COVID. Um, He was going to be, I think, a mid-reliever kind of guy. So could be an interesting loss for their bullpen. Gregory Polanco for Pittsburgh, big outfielder for them. He's on and off with injuries, but when he's in there, he's a pretty solid player. So hopefully they can get him back in time for opening day. Uh, Cabrian Hayes, 
prospect for Pittsburgh. He was definitely going to be on the player pool. Um, I don't know if he was going to make the opening day roster. Uh, he could with 30 men, but uh, he's, he's the top prospect for Pittsburgh. So, or actually, he might be second behind Mitch Keller. So that would have been a loss for them. Uh, that will be a loss for them for a few weeks if he has COVID. And Yassiel Puig, who Atlanta just signed, and I talked about a bunch in my last podcast episode. Atlanta has released him now. They're not signing him due to the COVID. He's still a free agent, and after he gets tested negative twice, he'll be able to sign with any team. So that option's still open for other teams that were pursuing him. Uh, Atlanta, he will not be on Atlanta's roster this year um, as he has COVID as he was getting into Atlanta. So could be a loss. Atlanta's going to bring him in to replace Marcakis. I think Ender and Ciarte will be that main replacement now. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes for the Braves. I still think they're the second best team in the National League. And I still, that doesn't really change their record uh, at all, at least not enough to move them down in the National League pecking order. We're moving on to American League, though. And we're going to start at the bottom and go to the top just like we did in the National League. And then I will uh, go through my seeds one through five on the order that I will have them in the postseason. Uh, bracket. So we'll begin at number 15. I did it to myself, guys. I I did it to myself. If you've been listening to the podcast, or if you know me in person, you know I am a Baltimore Orioles fan. And the Orioles are in 15th place in in the American League. Last. 19 and 41, I have them tied for the worst record with the Giants. Uh, we can get the first overall pick, which would help our farm system. Uh, but I just don't like the Orioles just without Trey Mancini, he'll be missing the year with colon cancer. They're just terrible. They are. I mean, they've got some bright spots. And I'm actually quite excited to watch the Orioles this year just because they got some young guys coming up. Austin Hayes is up there now. Um, Anthony Santander, hopefully his development can continue. John Means, hopefully he can continue to be a good pitcher. Hunter Harvey's into the equation for a full season now. So I'm actually really excited to watch Baltimore, but their lineup just doesn't really, it's not appealing. It's not good. Hayes leading off in center. Jose Iglesias, who they brought over at shortstop. Santander at left. Renato Nunez, pretty good power hitter at DH. And then they got, oh God, Chris Davis. Um, It's just been all downhill for Baltimore. And I just don't see, if this was a normal season, I would make consideration to put them around 100 wins or 100 losses or even under 100 losses. But in a 60-game season, they're just not going to be good. And the schedule they have is daunting. they got to play a bunch of games against the Yankees, Braves, Nats, Rays, all teams that I have at the top of their respective leagues, and hopefully everybody would. Uh, But it's just a tough schedule, and they're really not good. They just aren't, and it pains me to say that, but they just – it'll get better. It'll get better for me. It'll get better for them. Um, maybe a few more years of just pain, but then it will get better, hopefully. But I have them at 15 for now. 19 and 41, worst record in the MLB, tied. 14th, Tigers. I have them one win above the Orioles at 20 and 40. The only reason I have them above the Orioles, so there's actually two. I think the rotation is better than Baltimore. Uh, Matthew Boyd is a solid, solid pitcher. He would help any team. Yvonne Nova, Spencer Turnbull, they had flashes last year. And Michael Fulmer will be back into the equation uh, with that uh, starting staff. He 
had some flashes as well, but hasn't pitched since those flashes. The other reason is they made a couple of additions this offseason that I think were more impactful than the signings like Jose Iglesias and those guys for Baltimore. Uh, Jonathan Scope comes over to start at second base. He used to be an Orioles player. Uh, pretty good power bat, really good fielder at second. And then they brought in CJ Crone, a power bat to play first. So those two additions will help their team. I think it will give them more wins. Um, overall, you know, you look at Nico Goodrum, Miguel Cabrera, Hamer Kit, J. Mark Candelario, Kristen Stewart as guys they may be able to build around. I talked about the rotation. Their bullpen is suspect at best. Um, they just don't have many, many pieces in there that I love. But, you know, 14th, they're better than last year, seating-wise, um, at 20 and 40. 13th, I have Seattle. Mariners are going to come in at 22 and 38, just two spots above the bottom of the American League in 13th. Um, you know, Kyle Seeger is still there. That's what's going to help them get over that mark. But there's just nothing really appealing about Seattle. Um, they have a solid lineup, I guess. Shedlong Jr. could be interesting. J.P. Crawford's a real good fielder, not much on the hitting side. Kyle Seeger, Tom Murphy, Daniel Vogelbach, Kyle Lewis, Evan White, Malik Smith. Some decent bats in there. Their pitching is atrocious, I think. I think Marco Gonzalez... Taewon Walker, Yusei Kikuchi as the top three is just nothing. And their bullpen has, you know, names that come from different teams that were mid-relievers that had ERAs over four. So there's nothing to really enjoy there. I think Seattle's going to have a rough season, going to be one of their worst um, past few years. You know, without Ichiro and Felix have moved on, those days are over. And they're not a good team anymore. So Seattle at 23, last in the AL West, and... Close to last in the AL, but but they sneak in above the Tigers and Orioles at 22 and 38. At 12, I bet a lot of you guys were predicting this to be um, at 13, but I have Kansas City a spot ahead of the Mariners. They are 25 or 23 and 37, just one win above Seattle. Um, uh, but they get the 12 spot. Uh, the main reason this is just they have more impactful players than Seattle. Uh, Whit Merrifield's an all-star. They got some really solid hit or some solid uh, power bats and Jorge Soler, Hunter Dozier, and they just brought over Frankie Cordero uh, from the Padres. We talked about that trade in the last podcast. Salvador Perez is back. He'll be catching for them. Uh, they brought in Michael Franco and free agency. So they made some decent additions. Uh, Danny Duffy is their ace again. Brad Keller's in there. Mike Montgomery, Jorge Lopez. And their bullpen is not bad. I like Ian Kennedy at closer. Uh, they got a few good setup men in Barlow and Greg Holland, Trevor Rosenthal. So I think they're a step ahead of each of the three teams behind, but not that far ahead. Um, if I were to pick a team that's rebuilding right now that's closest to contention, it would probably be Kansas City. Um, they got a lot of young pieces, and they got some bats in there and some arms in there that will help them right now. So I like I like that. First, uh, Kansas City, they're moving in the right direction, and they're going to move up a bit this year to 12. Um, if this was a regular 162-game season, I'd probably, I would not give them 100 losses. I know that. I think they're a better team than that. Uh, but they're still not great. You know, just no. 11, I have Texas, 25 and 35. Now, Texas made some good additions in the offseason. The main one, the main piece is Corey Kluber that they brought in. And Kluber's going to be good. Uh, don't mind me saying that. He is going to be a good player. 
Um, but other uh, Todd Frazier they brought in as well. It's just to me like Texas will underperform. They and that's not a stretch to say they're really underperforming at twenty five and thirty five, an eighty one and eighty one season for them in the regular hundred sixty two game schedule, um, would be something I feel a lot of people would predict. And twenty five and thirty five is just five games under five hundred if you think about it. I don't think I just I just see them underperforming this year. You know, Shinsu Chu, okay. Danny Santana, Elvis Andrews, Joey Gallo, Scary, Todd Frazier, Nick Solak, Ruben Odor. They really don't have anything other than Joey Gallo in their lineup that really appeals to me as a threat to the opposing team. Their pitching staff, I think, would be the highlight. Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, and Corey Kluber's a really solid top three. Um, and their bullpen's pretty decent, too. I like LeClerc at, at closer, Jose LeClerc. Um, they have some solid setup men and just good depth in their bullpen. I'll read some names. Rafael Montero, Jesse Chavez, Brett Martin, Nick Goody, uh, Colby Allard. So they have some solid guys in there that, that will contribute. But I just feel like an underperformance is what's going to happen with Texas. Moving into a new stadium, you know, they really don't have a lot of big-name guys. Joey Gallo's your big-name guy, Corey Kluber. But apart from those two guys, it's just nothing that exciting about Texas. I think they'll be a solid team, though, 25 and 35, uh, and they'll steadily improve, I believe. But but an underperformance seems to be what's going to happen this year uh, with Texas, if you count them as a good team. 25 and 35 is their record. Number 10. Oh, boy, has this team fallen off? This team has fallen off. Red Sox, 28 and 32. Um, they're not a terrible team. There's, uh, in my mind, there's no chance that they finish in last behind Baltimore. I know some people are like, oh, Boston's going to fight with, with uh, Baltimore for last. No, they're not. They're just not. Um, their lineup is still really good. They still have guys in their lineup that, that are threats every night. Uh, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Andrew Benintendi. That top four is just still insane. It takes a hit without Mookie Betts, but they still got guys in there that that are scary, even Mitch Moreland in that five spot. Uh, the reason that they are so bad is because of their rotation. <laughs> Excuse me. They lost Chris Sale for the year with Tommy John. He was going to be their ace. And Eduardo Rodriguez is on the injured list. Uh, I think he has, co- yeah, he has COVID. Uh, so he'll be back at some point this year, but not for opening day. Nathan Eovaldi as your number one starter. If Nathan Eovaldi was a starting pitcher in Baltimore, he would not be the number one starter. Let's move down a line. Martin Perez is the number two guy. If he was in Baltimore, he wouldn't be number two. Ryan Weber would not be number three in Baltimore. Brian Johnson might might not even sneak into the rotation in Baltimore. I don't even know who Matt Hall is, honestly. Um, so their rotation is really, really rough. And I think they're going to have a tough time. The back end of their bullpen is decent. Ryan Brazier, Heath Embry, Matthew Barnes, and Brandon Workman. As their top four guys. So, but I just see no way they're going to get to those guys night in and night out. The rotation is is just poor. A lot of guys that had poor ERAs last year. Um, their middle of their bullpen is suspect at best. Um, they just don't really have, they have the hitting and they don't have the pitching. That's just something. And in this league, in this uh, 60 game season, if you don't have the pitching, you're not going to succeed. And I just don't see Boston 
having a very successful season at 28 and 32. Fourth in the American League East, which would be their lowest finish since they finished last. That was years ago. I think Big Poppy was still on the team. So, Boston, I'm sorry. You've definitely fallen off from that World Series championship. Moving on to number nine, I have Toronto. I have Toronto with the same record as Boston. Um, we do not know where Toronto is going to play this year. Today, I actually heard a rumor that could that it could be Camden Yards. Mm, I mean, I guess I don't really care, but why would we want to share a stadium with our rival? Meh. Uh, but they're not going to be able to play in Canada. We know that for a fact. That could take a toll on a team, and that's, I, I think they made some great improvements this offseason. Uh, the first one is, is getting Yeonjin Ryu and uh, Matt Shoemaker and Tanner Rourke for the rotation. Those are three guys that they picked up this offseason. Uh, so I like those those pieces. Um, their bull, their uh, rot- rotation uh, lineup is getting getting better because they got Boba Shett, Kevon Biggio, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Vladimir Gurriel Jr., um, they have those guys that are developing right now. And in their rotation, you know, their rotation is developing as well. They got Trent Thornton in there that's going to develop. Uh, they signed Yunjin Ryu for a few years, so we'll see how he can do. And their bullpen, you know, we got Ken Jowes in the in the back end. Anthony Bass and Sean Yamaguchi. Uh, AJ Cole's a young pitcher in there. Anthony Case, Sean Reed Foley, George, Jacob Wagsback. Those are all young pitchers in there, even Thomas Pannone. Um, so I think this is a, a year for real development. If it was an 162 game season, I think they would try and compete for a wild card spot. But um, they're clearly to me the third best team in the division, if not fourth. And actually, have them tied with Boston, same record at 28 and 32. Um, but I think this is more of a year with development with a 60 game season. And if they get their pieces that full year, Bobachet's going to have his full year. Guerrero's going to have his full year. Biggio is going to have his full year. All those guys, uh, I think next year they'll be ready to compete for a wild card spot. I mean, this team's on the come up. They got a lot of young pieces, and now this is going to be their first full year. So we'll see how they perform. Uh, If they can get comfortable in the major leagues, I think next year Toronto could be a scary team. Uh, This year I just have them at nine. Um, So they definitely move up from last year, and those pieces will hopefully continue to develop um, on all aspects of their roster. At number eight, one spot ahead of Toronto, this team has been getting a lot of hype um, from the national media and stuff like that. I just don't trust them enough. It's the Chicago White Sox. 30 and 30, I have them even um, at 500. I don't trust them enough, and the reason is not because their lineup. Their lineup is stacked. I love their lineup. Tim Anderson, Yohan Mankata, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, Edwin Encarnacion, still a good power hitter. Eloy Jimenez, Nomar Mazzara, Luis Robert, that's a stacked lineup. I just don't, like, there has to be a lot to go right for this team to make the postseason. Um, I think the Indians have to struggle, which, as you can tell, I don't have them on this list yet, so I don't really have them struggling. And their pitching is going to have to take some big steps forward, especially their bullpen. Uh, Alex Calme had a really poor year last year. Um, he'll have to go back to the regular Alex Calme, I think, for them to make the postseason. Aaron Bummer and Steve Ciszek, those are, you're either going to get great outings or poor outings from them. Um, a lot of these middle relief guys, Kelvin Herrera, Jace Fry, Jimmy Cordero, same thing. You know, you're either going to get great outings or poor outings. And then, you know, we can look at the rotation. I love Giolito at the number one spot. They picked up Dallas Keuchel, who will be dependable to give you six innings, three runs. 
Reynaldo Lopez has to improve. Dylan Cease has to improve, and you're banking on Gio Gonzalez to do a lot. Um, that's what that Chicago team is just banking on a lot of pitchers to really improve. And, you know, I see them improving a lot. I do see a lot of them improving, but I do not see them improving to the point where they can compete for a division title, let alone make the postseason. Um, I really like their lineup, but I, I think they're a step away. I think they're one step away. And at number seven, I have the Angels at 30 and 30. This They're kind of in the same realm as Chicago, where they've been getting a lot of hype. You know, the pickup of Anthony Rendon makes that lineup quite scary. Um, La Stella, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Shoei Otani, Albert Pools, Justin Upton, Angelton Simmons. Really good lineup. But again, you're banking on a lot of pitchers to make that improvement. They have Julio Tehran on the COVID list right now. But when he comes back, he'll probably be their number two guy behind Andrew Heaney, who I think you can depend on. But the guys they have after that, Dylan Bundy is a question mark. He's a decent, decent pitcher, but sometimes he has his really bad outings. He'll give you some good outings here and there, but you're banking on him to give a good outing more than here and there, maybe two um, a month instead of one. Uh, same thing with Griffin Canning. You're really banking on development there. Matt Andreese, Jaime Barria, I don't know how you trust him. The main piece is Shohei Otani on that pitching side. He's going to be their Sunday starter, quote-unquote. So he'll start every Sunday. Um, I guess you're banking on him to have a pretty good year. I actually have this team in the postseason at first, and then I changed it probably a few hours ago. Because I'm looking at their team, I really don't like their bullpen. Hansel Robles at closer. Is he really a closer-type pitcher? I feel like he's more of a setup man, reliever guy. Uh, mid-reliever, Ty Buttry, Kenyon Middleton, Cam Bedrosian. There's just a lot of trust. Luke Bard, they're putting into this pitcher staff, pitching staff a lot of trust. And as I said, you need that great pitching staff uh, to win games and make the postseason this short of a season. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just feel as if um, they're kind of in that mold where they really are. Same with the White Sox banking on a lot of like either development or improvements from a lot of different guys on their pitching staff. And I just, I see improvements, but I don't see enough to put them in the postseason. Um, so they're at 30 and 30 as well. This team, next team is at six, just missing out on the postseason. I have the once one win ahead of the angels. It's the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians are not a bad team. Don't think that for a minute. I'm saying that a lot of people have been saying that the Indians are meh. I, I don't think they're meh. I think they're a good team. I think they're in a tough, tough uh, um, American League. I think there's a lot of, it's top heavy, the American League. You know, there's a, probably four of the worst five teams are at the bottom of this. And then, you know, there's a lot of middling teams that either you're going to get a really great season out of or a really poor, mediocre season out of. Then there's the Indians group and the Angels group that just miss out on the postseason. Uh, the Indians, you know, with Francisco Lindor, you're going to get five wins a year out of him, six wins a year out of him. Um, it's enough said. They're banking on an improvement from Jose Ramirez. I think that will happen. He had a really weird year last year where he just was terrible. Um, that's not going to happen again. A hitter of his caliber just doesn't do that. I think it was just a tough year. Um, I just don't, like, the bottom of their lineup is just not really great. Uh, they, I like their one through five. Cesar Hernandez, who they picked up for second. Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Santana, and Fran Mel Reyes. 
After that, it kind of gets suspect. Domingo Santana and Tyler Naquin. And then you got Oscar Mercado and Roberto Perez at the bottom of that lineup. Uh, so their lineup, I just don't see them scoring enough wins to enough runs to like win like a lot of games like these top teams are. Um, I really like their pitching staff. Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger, and Carlos Carrasco is a sick top three. Zach Plesek, don't sleep on him. Uh, is, he, is he the son of Dan Plesek or grandson? He's got to be son. Got to be the son of Dan Plesek. Um, but he is uh, a player that I'm not sleeping on. I think he's going to have a pretty good year this year. Their bullpen's still it's still pretty good. I, I think got Brad Hand in there and some solid setup men and Nick Whitgren and Adam Simber, both guys that pitched well. Oliver Perez pitched well last year. Hunter Wood pitched well last year. So I like the pieces. I just think they're kind of in in the middle. It's, it's just kind of a league that there's five teams better than them. And that's nothing to be really ashamed of if you're Cleveland. You're right just on the outside looking in on the playoff picture. They're not a terrible team. They got the pitching staff to make a run. They really could make a run. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I think they're just going to miss out. So that will be 15 through 6. Real quick, let's recap that. In last place, we have the Orioles at 19 and 41, my team. 14th, Tigers, 20 and 40. 13th, Mariners, 22 and 38. Royals coming above them at 23 and 37. Rangers at 11 are 25 and 35. Number 10, Boston, 28 and 32. Number 9, Toronto, 28 and 32. The White Sox coming at 30 and 30. The Angels at 7th are tied with the Red Sox at 30 and 30 and just missing out on the postseason. At sixth is Cleveland Indians at 31 and 29. Uh, we're going to dive into the postseason teams next. Um, I'll go one through five and tell them your records and why I have them there. Uh, Seating-wise, coming up next. <laughs> 